Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television here on Movie Beat. You're going to learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I will provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First of all, I'm Rex Sykes. I'm your host. My guest today is Kristen Shaw, actor and acting coach. And audition coach, and she's going to be coming up in just a few moments. The chat room is open. I want to welcome everyone who is already in the chat room. And for those who have listened to the earlier show today, Michael Hoffman, the editor, uh, the official website is rexsykes.com. That's my name, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. You can subscribe to the official website by clicking on the RSS feed right there at the welcome page. Uh, Movie Beat's really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. So please help us spread the word by continuing to retweet uh, information about my guests' upcoming shows and shows that have already uh, concluded. Once they're uh, archived and they're available on the website or as a podcast, go ahead, you know, share that information on your Facebook wall, MySpace, your favorite means, email, Twitter. You can follow me at Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's my name. The word movie and BT, Rex Sykes Movie BT. Keep in mind that if you are listening to this live, you can go ahead and make us a friend or a fan or a favorite right there at the live site. If you're listening to this archive, uh, there are uh, over 130 other fabulous interviews right there at the archives. That's at the interviews blog at rexsykes.com, so check that out. Also, if you go to the interviews blog and you go into the archives and you click on the names of the guests, You'll find out whether they're upcoming or whether they have already uh, aired. If it says upcoming and it gives you a date or it says to be announced, they are, have yet to occur. If, on the other hand, it says to listen live, then uh, go ahead. Or I'm sorry, if it says to go ahead, if it says to listen, click the bold link, then go ahead and click on it. You'll hear an archive show, and they're also available for free at the iTunes Store as a podcast. When you're at the iTunes Store, be sure to rate or review each podcast. That helps spread the word. Again to uh, other filmmakers and friends and fans around the world. I appreciate everyone who's listening in. I appreciate your support and your comments, uh, your emails, your phone calls, uh, posting on my MySpace wall or my Facebook wall. I appreciate all that very much. Um, I have just a couple of announcements before I bring Kristen on today. Firestarter Films number 9 is at the Harley Museum May 14th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin from 6 till midnight, from 6 p.m. till midnight. It's a fabulous evening of fun, friends, film, food, and much, much more. So uh, if you're in the Milwaukee area, check it out. Firestarterfilms.com is the official website. You can also find them on mine as well. Uh, Director Peter Marshall has a director's workshop coming up in Vancouver May 14th through the 16th. The Art and Craft of the movie director or the art and craft of the director, please check that out at the Hot and Fun blog at RuxSykes.com or go to his website, which is actioncutprint.com. 
MovieBeat.com to learn more. Kevin Sorbo, a guest of Movie Beat, will be returning. I'll let, I'll let you know when that is, but he's got his celebrity golf tournament, a world fit for kids. It's a charity golf tournament in Las Vegas, June, I think, 10th and the 11th. Again, uh, find out more information at the Hot and Fun blog on Kevin Sorbo's charity golf tournament. Um, with uh, all of that in mind, I'm going to be bringing uh, Kristen on. And let's see, Kristen? Yes. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, I'm here. I'm great. It's great, and it's great to have you back. And I want to remind the listeners who are listening live or even archived, if they haven't gone ahead and listened to part one of our conversation the last time you were on the show, that's an absolute must. They should go back and listen to that. But they're going to learn all sorts of stuff right now today, so it doesn't matter the order so much. Uh, as, as uh, But they're going to want to go back and hear part one as well as part two. So how have you been? I'm great. Wonderful. Well, that's good to hear. What um, what uh, do we have to talk about today? We're going to talk about on-camera technique for the actor? Yes. That was, uh, I guess, sort of where we left off. And just to reiterate, um, I, I think this is really important because people need to realize how much their, um, of their auditions are now on camera. So where it used to be that the actor got got an interview and you actually walked in a room and met a director and, you know, that was how your audition took place, now it's more and more just done um, on camera and agents, a lot of times you'll go into your agent's office and you'll put, they'll put it on camera and they'll upload it to the casting director or more and more actors are having to do it themselves. So your on-camera technique is absolutely vital. Um, there is no more winning them over in the room because they don't get to meet you. So you have to sort of learn how to compress all of that time and the interaction and the connection that you used to have in the room before your audition. You have to sort of learn to compress that into what's called an actor slate, which is where you actually speak into the camera giving your name, your uh, role you're reading for, and your agency, and then also making sure that it gets into your audition. Because more, almost as important as your work as an actor is that they have to like you. They hire people they like. So I think that's a... Um, that is a key component that a lot of actors overlook is the likability factor, and particularly in television. That's a very important component. They they used to call it TVQ. Um, it actually means how your likability on camera and on television gets transferred. So um, if you are not an inherently likable person, you're going to have more of a struggle. If you are an inherently likable person, you're going to be able to get by on a little more charm and a little less acting technique, although it still is really an important component and something that's necessary for all actors to have. Well, I, I think it's important. I, I think that's an absolutely critical point that you make, and, and I'm glad that you made it. And the good news is, is that... Uh, while some people are more naturally comfortable with you know, uh, creating rapport with other people, you can learn to do it. You can actually take workshops and courses in, in helping set other people at ease. There are 
uh, practical things. You can read a book like Win Friends and Influence People, but you've got to put it mm-hmm. in practice. You know, and, and you can become much more likable. Uh, but but you're also talking about you know how you come off you know on camera you've got a few moments to uh, you know uh, let the person through the lens of the camera see that you're a likable person somebody that they'd want to connect with but there is an important principle that that is is in operation uh, too you know and taught in, in my my I've, I've taught seminars around the world for decades and, and the thing is is you know people will say yes to people that they like much more frequently than they will to say people say yes to people that they don't like you know so when given the choice the, the point that you make is is uh they're always going to choose the likable person over the non-likable person I, and i suspect that even comes to when they're playing killers you know and it, it, it's true i mean people likable does not necessarily mean a soft personality right. or you know if you think of jack nicholson he is inherently likable and there's just something about him that is captivating and you instantly like him you don't necessarily believe him or <laughs> think that he has your best interest at heart or trust him but you do like him and and the key to that likability i believe really is being authentic and allowing people to see the real truth of who you are which is is vital to actors absolutely so what kinds of things do they need to know so that they can move ahead with this? Well, I think the main thing is ideally you want to start out by taking some kind of on-camera class. Um, I know a lot of your listeners are all over the place, and you know if you're living in, I don't know, Kansas City somewhere or you're living in you know, a more rural area, then you probably don't have access. But there are places like we offer Saturday intensives because we do have people come in from all over the place. So I would say if if you're serious about this, you need to just invest the time and the energy and the money into to getting started on the right foot. And what I would advise actors really to do in that situation is is get a friend and go take a class with your friend and then when you come back you can coach each other and you can help maintain your skills because it's a two-part process there's the learning and getting the skills and then there's the maintaining and improving your skills so you can go take a weekend workshop somewhere um, get the skills but then it's like going to the gym you know if you never go back then that's really not a good use of your time because it's it's those skills are going to be lost. Um, so I really encourage people like I with in my acting class I try to pair people up and I'll say you know you two have the same agent so if you get auditions you should help coach each other. Um, that's I think that's a really important component of it. And then the other thing is get a camera and start to watch how you are on camera. I mean, we've all had that experience of getting the pictures back from the wedding or the event that we went to, and you get your pictures back and you think, oh, man, I've got to remember never to stand like that. You know, it just looks terrible on camera, or I've got to remember to move my face a little bit this way, or there are certain things that the camera picks up that um, you need to become aware of. So I think you can go to Best Buy or whatever and get a little camera for not that much money 
it doesn't even have to be that high of quality if you're just going to practice with it. And if you are going to be an actor and you're going to be putting yourself on camera for agents, for auditions, that type of thing, you need to invest in that anyway. Um, I think that where actors do themselves a lot of damage is not understanding the technical aspects, not understanding what, I mean, watch back your audition before you send it in to your agent and make sure that your lighting looks good. It's, I've talked to a lot of agents. It's their number one complaint with what actors send in to them is that the lighting looks bad. And that's something that is completely within your control. Well, and plus, if you're lit badly, you may look more menacing than you truly are. You know, you're living, coming out of the shadows. Absolutely. Or you just don't look professional. And right. to be honest, they'll just fast forward through it. I mean, they won't even watch it. Nobody's going to watch it if the lighting looks bad. They just won't. We're we're well, too sophisticated of an audience these days. Well, and you had made the point in, in part one of your interview that, that uh, most of the auditions are, are watched fast forward anyway, and it's yeah. only when they ca- you know when something catches their eye that they actually stop and, and slow down and, and watch it. Right. And more and more there are more um, uh, sort of hurdles that you have to get through. Like it used to be when I was in L.A., uh, and I was once I was working and I had some credits behind me and I would go audition for a TV show, I walked into a room full of producers um, for that television show. That was my first and generally only audition for that show. And at that point, because the producer's time is very valuable, the casting directors already narrowed it down. So let's say that I, I knew when I had an audition to go guest star, you know, on CSI or whatever, it was already narrowed down to me and about 10 other people. They just don't have time to see more than that in a room. So th- that would be the whole process. Well, now if there's an audition like that for a, especially like a local show here, um, Army Wives is here, Drop Dead Diva, shows like that, if I have an audition, I'm one of probably 10 people just from my agent's office. Now, then my agent goes through the 10 people, let's say, that they see, that they put on camera, and then they're going to upload and send in maybe seven to the casting director. Now, the casting director is getting those submissions from all these agents, so then they're going to screen through their their submissions, and they're going to they send in a third of those maybe to the director. So you're getting screened more and more. So just because you're on tape for an audition doesn't actually mean that your audition gets seen, which is another reason why all these technical components are really important. Because if you're going to take yourself out of the running because you, you didn't put your audition in the right format, I mean you're you're just out. You don't even get seen. So the the components, the technical components, the lighting, the professional look of what you're submitting is all very, very important and you need to start to educate yourself on that. It's it's just it's just where the um the business has gone. Those are excellent, excellent points. So Again, you know, kind of like from A to Z, 
will help take some of the people through it about what they can do to um, you know, create a good audition tape and, sure. and do a good job on camera. Well, the first thing is you have to know that you don't know what you don't know. So what you don't have the eye yet of what they're expecting to see. And that's where I think you can spend a lot of time and energy and focus getting off on the wrong foot. You really, the very first thing is when you don't know how to put it together from the start to finish, I, I have to keep saying this, but it's you've got to take a class. Because it's like I walk my actors through what it takes to get a professional headshot, and they sit there with their mouths hanging open, and they'll say to me, I, I thought what I was using was good, uh-huh. and now I see it compared to what is really considered professional, and it's terrible, but I didn't know. So the first thing is you have to recognize that you don't know what is good. You don't know what their bar is. You know, it's like if if I was doing, if I was decided to direct a movie and I went out and I shot my movie on my old beta, you know, camera, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I sent in a, a, a little VHS type of tape, I mean, nobody, no matter how great acted it is, no matter how great of a story it is, nobody's going to watch that because the technology is so behind. So that's the very first thing is you have to understand that you don't know what good lighting is. You don't know what good sound is. You don't know what it looks like when you upload that that digital file. So the very first thing is don't spend a lot of, of time and, and money getting off on the wrong foot. Go to a professional and get a class. Um, it, it, at the very least, what you can do is um, you can go, I know in, in Los Angeles and, and even in Atlanta and some other places, there are places you can put a professional audition um, on camera. They'll do that for you for a fee. Uh, and when you go, it might be worth it to go to do that just one time in order to see how it is lit, see what the sound, you know, when I, I used to do that every now and then in L.A., and I would go in a professional studio, it was, you know, lit like a beautiful TV set, <laughs> they would mic you. So, you know, all those components are coming together. Now, you obviously you can't do all of that, but you can get pretty close. And um, the last movie I was actually working on, one of the professional actors who was on this movie for several weeks, one of the lead actors said, hey, can you come help me do an audition? I said, sure. And I just went to his hotel room. We set up his little camera, but he knew what he was doing. He sat by the window. He made sure the light looked good. He set up a mic. You know, he was editing it. He had taken a class in editing, which if you have an Apple um, Mac computer, you know, you can go do that for free at the Mac store. Um, he had taken a class in that. He knew how to edit. So he knew what he was sending by the time he sent it to his agent. So I think that's another component of it is if if you have um, a computer and you want to get your own editing software, that's a really smart thing to do and go take a class and learn how to use it, learn how to combine those things, start to look at professional products. 
you can go look. Um, even this was floating around the Internet for a while, and I'm sure people can still find it. And if they go to our Facebook page, we're a group page, Blueprint for Hollywood. It's number four. Um, somebody had posted that on our site, and it was Gabby Sibere's, uh audition for Precious. Uh-huh. And even just watching auditions, when you rent a DVD, you know, a lot of times you can have director commentary. You can click on and watch auditions, the auditions of people who booked the job. Um, oftentimes those, that is part of, of the DVD. People need to start watching that, start to educate yourself on the quality of what they're seeing. Because those, if it's included on the DVD, chances are it was a professional audition, professional actor in a casting director's studio. So you can at least get your quality to that level. Absolutely. That is uh, very sound advice all the way through, all, uh, all the points that you made. I, I want to uh, say, you know, it's my opinion that, that really today um, – if your goal is to be a working actor or a working filmmaker, or to make a movie, to be a sound person, to, to, to be in the industry in some fashion, there really are no excuses. I mean, you, could, you can't say, I don't have the money to take a class. You can't, because there are people out there who are working, you know, two, three, four jobs in order to take workshop classes. Or, uh, you, you know, people are putting themselves to the ringer to make themselves work. But, but so much of this stuff today is so inexpensive that ultimately, you know, whether it's software on your computer, whether it's a camera that you get from, you know, uh, some shop that, you know, y you don't really have an excuse to do anything, but but take the advice of the professionals that offer it and, and figure out a way to do it and, and scrape together the nickels you need in order to make it happen and, and, and make your dreams come true. I absolutely agree. Absolutely. You know, it used to be it was very very expensive, let's say, to put together a demo reel. When I first put together a demo reel, which is probably now 15 years ago, it probably cost me close to $2,500. Right. And that was just in paying an editor, transferring, you know, you used to have to pay a service to tape something for you. If it was on, like if it was on air or something, because um, you couldn't just get it off your DVR. It was like, you know, that the quality wasn't good enough. So you, you'd have to they they do all this stuff on. I think it was on Beta, <laughs> and then have to transfer it into the film uh, bay, and then they do all this to cut and edit. And anyway, it was colossally expensive, and that was to put together about a one and a half to two minute demo reel now <laughs> you're, you're now right. you could do you you could shoot a, a professional demo reel and actually shoot it for yourself for less money than that for the total fee for the shooting the editing the copies you know all of it i mean you can make it we used to have to pay a, a lot of money to make copies of our demo reel and and once you know there was no editing your own demo reel you paid your editor every time you got a new credit you had to repay your editor you had to reshoot you know re-edit your reel and then make new copies and it was just very very expensive well now most people do it a lot of that themselves on their computer 
And you can directly burn a DVD. You can also upload it and just send it. You know, people can click on YouTube. I mean, anybody that doesn't have a demo reel on YouTube isn't can't call themselves an actor. Like, there's just no reason in the world you can't put together a little demo reel and post that thing on YouTube and start handing out the link on your business card. I mean, Absolutely. that would cost you next to nothing. And it's something that was thousands and thousands of dollars in the past. So you're absolutely right. There's just there's there's too much um, information out there. It's way accessible now. Um, there's just there's just no excuse not to to take advantage of all of that and and get yourself out there. I mean, I still think YouTube is a tremendous uh, open playing field for actors. You know, you can post anything on there, and people can click on it and go see it at any point. I mean, that thing's going to start costing money within the next five years. That's I make a premonition. In the same way, it used to be free to have all your information on IMDb, mm-hmm. and now you have to pay because once they became a premier service, then they started, well, I won't say exploiting their actors, but... <laughs> I don't like that I have to pay for all that. Um, it, it, that's what's going to happen with YouTube. I'm convinced, right, well, and it's just a an open playing field now. Well, let me let me offer you and again great great stuff. But let me let me say we have somebody in the chat room who has said I don't have a demo reel. I can't get a copy from films I've been in, or get these local guys to finish their movies. I understand that. I understand that 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 is a problem sometimes getting your own film work. But having said all of that. What do you what do you what do you suggest to people who are have that kind of issue? Well, I think it's a two part answer. The first part is that's always going to be an issue. If you're a good actor, you're always working, and your best work or your latest work is always still out there. So, for instance, I did a movie for Sony last summer that hasn't even come out yet, and after it comes out until it goes to DVD, I'm not going to get a copy of that. That's going to be probably two and a half to three years lag time. Okay, that's the reality of being an actor. I'm just going to piggyback on that and say I'm in the exact same boat. I, I, in the last, I don't know how many months, maybe four months or six months or something, contacted uh, a number of... uh, uh, directors on shoots that I did and said, look, i, I got to put together a new demo reel. Could you get me footage? Uh, they all said yes. One sent me, uh, you know, like a QuickTime file, and and I said, respectfully, I can't use that. that I mean, it's just <laughs> that particular shot. That particular scene isn't isn't interesting. I mean, it's just that I wouldn't mm-hmm. use that in a demo reel. So can can we go with some of the more interesting footage? And, of course, they don't want to put the interesting footage out there yet. So, I mean, I you know, realistically, uh, there are people who you, you may never get access to your footage. So That's right. And not only that, if you have scenes that are with stars or they're with name actors, that scene is almost guaranteed to be edited to the advantage of the other person. So the bottom line is, I think, is that actors need to take control of their own career and of their own product. Um, again, take a class or take a, like one of the things that we offer is actually a demo reel workshop where I will assign scenes to people and we will shoot and pre-edit your video 
so you know exactly how to edit, you know exactly what to put together, you, you understand how to have your editor put it together in the most beneficial way. So the, the, the second part to that question really is stop giving your power away and stop waiting for other people because your demo reel is never as important to anyone else as it is to you. So just start to, again, start to shoot what you need. You know, it, it probably took me 10 years of working as an actor before I had a quality demo reel that was almost completely, um, I'll say, professional pro projects. And I still, even after all these years, have a piece of a, of a SAG-deferred short film on my demo reel because it's a great little piece of tape and I still use it. But you can shoot specifically for your demo reel. You need to understand that your demo reel is a different thing than just a list of what's on your resume. Your demo reel is something that markets you, that explains to casting people the best way to cast you. And if you're going and you're looking at it from that perspective, then go out and shoot the pieces you need. And uh, how do you recommend that they do that? I mean, in other words, how do you recommend that they be self-aware enough to uh, put themselves in the best light? Because there are plenty of people who go, you know what, if I shave my head, I'm menacing and I'm going to play the tough guy killer when they probably shouldn't, you know, um, or somebody's going to play, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I can't come up with an exact example, you know, off the top of my head, but but people don't necessarily cast themselves wisely. And, and I'll give you an example of that. I was I was I had started a play, and they asked me if I would continue to do another play, and I said, well, I'd like to, you know, and and uh, it was Arsenic and Old Lace, and I thought, oh, well, the Cary Grant role that would be fantastic. I like that play. I've enjoyed it. And they said, well, you know, you started this one. We'd really like you to take a lesser role. And I said, what would you have in mind? They said, the cop at the end, you know, who's in the play. And I'm like, I thought about that for a while. I thought, you know, nah, I don't want to do that. Well, when I went and saw the play, I and, and this is where I think I grew up as an actor, because prior to that I was always saying, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that better than that person up on the screen. You know, I should have got that role, especially if there had been movies I had auditioned for and I didn't get I went and saw the, mm -hmm. the play. I went and saw Arsenal Gold Lace, and I saw the guy who did the play, who did the cop, and I went, you know, he was perfect. I could not have done as good a job as he did. I would, I would be way out of my league, and it, it was the first time that as an actor I started to see myself differently as opposed to, oh, I can do anything, to, you know, there are some things I'm better suited for. So how does mm -hmm. the person, when they're putting together the demo reel, have an awareness of what kinds of material they should choose? Well, I think that's really important. And and the the answer is don't do things out of order. Okay, if you don't know who you are and what you're selling, you got no business putting together a demo reel because what's it going to be of? You don't know. So it, you've got to do things in order. The first thing any actor needs to do if they're serious about this business and they're serious about a lifetime in this business is they need to be in class and they need to understand who they are and what they have to offer. Then the next thing is you get your skills up, you get your ability up, you become capable and professional and somebody that is hireable and at that point, 
that's when you would start to put together your demo reel on your own. If if you were in class, you knew what you were doing, you get to be the other advantage to being in class really is you get to be friends with other actors. You start working on scenes with other actors. You rehearse with other actors. I knew actors who would pool their money and they would get a camera, a couple of lights, and they would help each other shoot a demo reel. And with the cameras that are available today and with everything being on digital, there's just no reason why you wouldn't be able to do that. But what you're saying is very true, is that you have to know what you're selling first. I know exactly what – there's some great work I've done out there that will never make it onto my demo reel because it would confuse people about how to cast me. I know how I'm castable. I know what, how to tell people to cast me. If I were to put these other things on there, you might say, yeah, but that's you being a really good actress. It shows you can do anything. Absolutely, but that's not the point of my demo reel. My demo reel is to introduce me to casting people and, and explain to them the best way I can be of service to them, the best way they can utilize me in the needs that they have. That's the point of my demo reel. I think that is worth its weight in gold right there. I mean, it, the, the idea being that it is, it is really your job to educate and not to confuse. And, and so often we do. We take all of these snippets of us and think, well, they'll see how you know, we're able to do all these things. And it just it serves to confuse them rather than to allow them to pinpoint or target uh, your best assets. Let me do this. I've got to take a short break, and then we're going to okay. come back. I'm surely enjoying this. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official web address is rexsikes.com, and we appreciate your comments and your support about blogs and, and the articles and the interviews. We always appreciate when you retweet about the guests and you put the comments on your Facebook page or uh, MySpace page or when you email others uh, about guests that are coming up and the guests that you've heard. You know, if you really like an interview, you really like my guests, then, then share that with other people so that they have the opportunity to listen as well. I'm going to uh, uh, list some of my upcoming guests. Next up is Terry Green. He's a screenwriter and director. Chris Jones, the author of Guerrilla Filmmaker Pocketbook, and he also is a director, will be up next. Eric Morris, the acting coach, returns. John Paul Rice, producer, is coming back. Uh, Paul Provenza is a producer, director, actor, comedian. You've seen him in just about everything. He was in one of my favorite series, Beggars and Choosers, about the TV industry on Showtime. John Rice, uh, the director, author, Think Outside the Box Office. Mitch Apley is an executive producer, an editor, and a director. He'll be coming up. Dallas Jenkins, a director, and Sarah Neen Bruce, producer, director. Uh, we've just got so many uh, incredible good guests coming up that uh, you're going to want to go to the interviews blog at rexsykes.com and check out the list of guests that have appeared and uh, who are coming up. Also, keep in mind that under the guest name, sometimes there are multiple links. Some people, like Kristen, is doing two interviews so far, and uh, it'll say, you know, you know, Rex Sykes Movie Beach has with uh, acting audition coach Kristen Shaw, and the next one will say uh, Rex Sykes Rex X Movie Be Chess with uh, acting coach Kristen Shaw Part 2, and then there may be uh, you know, upcoming to be announced when the Part 3 happens. So keep those things in mind that, that uh, this is uh, an ever-changing and evolving uh, series of, of interviews and guests, and they're always coming up. So if you want to find out who's here, um, check into it. Kristen, you, you've given out great advice. I want to I um, 
find uh, wow, my chat window just vanished. I'm going to have to bring <laughs> of course. really strange. Let me see where the heck it went. I have no idea. So let me see if I can open it up again. Uh, there was a question in the chat room. There we go. Um, about I just saw the question and the window closed. So let's see what's here. Um, it says, "How do you figure out the best way to sell yourself? How do you figure out how you wait? How do you figure out what the best way to sell yourself is?" And I thought you just kind of answered that. Um, by taking a class and but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I mean, I hate to beat the dead horse with the class thing, but the the reality is, you don't know what you don't know, and the best thing I can advise people to do is go get trained by somebody. And the most important thing is look at your teacher and look at who find somebody who has been where you want to go. Don't get trained from somebody who stayed in a small community and they're teaching theater, you know, and you want to go do movies in Hollywood. I mean, it, it, there's such a big gap of of knowledge in what's local and what is seen on a professional level. I mean, I figure I'm in Atlanta. I'm teaching what I know works in Hollywood. It certainly is going to work here. And it's going to work fast. Cool. Very cool. Uh, I've got a second question here from somebody else uh, asking uh, uh, about uh, something uh, before we get into that question. We've got about 20 minutes left, and I, and I do want to get, at least begin to get into the on-camera technique side of this as well, uh, you know, what they can do on camera uh, in terms of making their auditions better. But uh, the question is, is, can you, Kristen, talk about how to develop a better relationship with your agent? It, it, yes, it, it really goes back to knowing who you are and what you sell. Um, it, you will put them at ease and you will be an actor that they enjoy being around when they know that you're not always hustling them to get in on everything that you're not right for. So that is, you know, once you learn really who you are and what you do, um, it's going to permeate all aspects of your business. It also gives you a confidence, and it takes the pressure off you a little bit, I think, of really knowing, you know, there are places that I'm needed, and then there are places that I can work, but there are other people, like you're saying with that cop, there are other people who might do that better. So let me just focus my energy on these places that I know. I, I, I like to give every actor this. I like every actor who studies with me for any length of time to understand what their corner of the market is that they own. This is what you own. This is what it will – nobody on this planet does better than you. This is where you can have the confidence that this is your piece of the pie. And then there's all this other pie that you are going to fluke into or you're going to stumble into or every now and then you're going to book work because you're really good. But when you know what you own and you can articulate that to your agent, to your manager, to casting people, everybody relaxes around you. They like you. They feel comfortable with you. When you're in there going, I'm a good actor and I can do anything, 
nobody likes you. Nobody wants to be around you. It's like saying I'm a good girlfriend. I, I can date anyone. <laughs> good point. You know, I think it's interesting that, you know, more people can say I own this car and it can do 120 miles in, in, in five seconds flat. You know, or go from zero to sixty, or here's how it performs, or I own this fishing rod, or I, I have this makeup kit, or I, uh, I have a VCR. Whatever it might be, they can talk about what their stuff does, but when it comes to them, they're not really sure about who they are or what they can do. You know, other than saying I can do everything. Right, and and you're being a lazy actor if you expect other people to do that for you. You're also being very ineffective. Because guess what? Nobody cares about your career as much as you do. <laughs> and nobody's going to discover you, and nobody's going to figure it out for you. Well, probably uh, truer words have never been spoken than nobody cares about it as much as you do. Um, let me ask, or let's just make this comment, because I've got it on Twitter and I also have it in the chat room. You know, what about classes? You know, your classes are for kids as well as adults. Yes. Uh, One thing I believe in is that children and adults should be taught separately. I think it's really important. It's important for the growth of both children and adults that they are are taught separately. So I I try to not have kids in my adult classes. Um, I teach a Saturday class for kids. That is an ongoing class um, that is is for professional. It's it's geared to kids. It's for kids who are brand new to the business, but it is a professional class. They're getting on-camera coaching. They're watching their auditions back. It's amazing. They'll soak it up so fast. Um, and then I also have this summer we're doing a kids' camp, which is going to be a five-day-a-week intensive camp, really fun. It's for six weeks, and uh, I think you can register for one week or three weeks or the full six weeks. And at the end of that six weeks, going back to something you talked about earlier, um, at the end of that six weeks, part of what is included in that camp is a uh, a little web series that is going to be shot professionally shot, professionally edited, professionally produced, and that will be posted on YouTube. So if you had a child that wanted to do that, at the end of that six weeks, they would have a piece of something you could use as a demo reel. So that, which is one of the things also that adults, you know, can, can take advantage of things like that. Like I said, we're doing a demo reel workshop where, we will actually shoot it out for you so you can pretty much start from scratch because the truth is even if you've gotten a few professional jobs, you know, your first few jobs are like, hi, here's your pizza. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's it's not fascinating, you know, work. I tell everybody in my first job I had half of a line. I didn't even have a whole line. (laughs) I started to say something and the other character cut me off. So... How great is that going to be for a demo reel? It's really not. I remember a friend of mine's first line in a soap opera. He was so thrilled to have gotten the soap opera. And all he said was flowers for Miss Brooks, you know, in the doorway, you know, and it was like, <laughs> okay. And but that but he got hired to do that. Right. And once and you can get some the thing is your again, your demo reel is not about just showing what's on your resume. 
Your resume and your demo reel are separate. So you should be able to build up some credits like that, but that's not what's going to comprise your demo reel because even if you had it and you put it on there, it's not interesting information. It doesn't demonstrate to anybody how to use you as an actor. Okay, so let me ask you this. When I was younger, I always played the, the drug addict, the killer, the rapist, you know, or sometimes I was lucky I got to be the friend of the guy who got the girl. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just a cantankerous old guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, but what, I mean, I, I, I mean, what I'm saying is, 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 should we define ourselves in terms of theme? Should we say, like, I'm the curmudgeon and, in the, in the, you know, uh, you know, I'm selling myself this way. I'm this character type. I'm I'm an I'm an older guy who you know has yeah, a bad Yeah, it's ass. sort of a two. It's actually sort of a two part. Yes, yes, and there's a second part. So yes, it's a great idea to explain yourself in, in terms of the types of roles you get hired as. I can tell people for whatever reason, I get hired to be a lot of politicians' wives. Okay, I don't know why that is, but that's what I get. I get a lot of rich guys' wives. So that's a great thing for me to know about how I'm castable. However, the other component to how I'm castable are actually these qualities in and of myself that if I can explain those qualities, people can do with them what they will, and they can fit a broader range, let's say, of parts. So I go, okay, well, why do I get senators' wives and presidents' wives, and, and you know, what's that about? Well, I have a quality within me that is sort of first lady, mm-hmm. which connotes a whole other level of, parts I'm available for. I can be first lady of the PTA. I can be the first lady, uh, you know, the governor's wife. I can be the president's wife. I can also be some wealthy man's wife who lives in, you know, off in the suburbs. Or there, there's a whole other level of things that comes. There's so, and, and the other thing is when I explain myself and I say there's something about me that's very first lady, it also gives you an impression of um, something a little refined, something sort of dignified, something ladylike. When I say first lady, you don't want to cast me in a rap video. Uh-huh. You know? So it's important to be able to say both components of it, what it is that you bring inherently. I also tend to play complicated women. Well, let me ask you it this way. Um, in terms of, 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 of being iconic in nature or in terms of branding, you know, when Nicholson was young, you, you looked at Jack Nicholson, he played, you know, this kind of smart-ass guy. He wasn't bad-looking, but he kind of always played this smart-ass you know, wise-cracking character, and he's not really that much different today. In some ways, he's just an older version. But he's very—you know—you know Jack Nicholson from part to part to part. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, Christopher Walken in a similar vein is is very much a, this kind of oddball character guy. I mean, in, in other words, they are unmistakably. But while they're celebrities, I'm just saying they are—they are unmistakable. You, everything about them is is consistent 
Right. And uh, that's the essence of them. And that's what I'm saying is the parts may change, but the right. essence of you doesn't. So my first lady essence, my ladylike essence, my refined essence is something I bring no matter how old I am. But but here's my question. How do you sell that? You don't, you don't walk into a casting director and say, yeah, I have a first ladylike essence. No, but let me tell you something. You, if you see my picture, you get it. If you True. watch my demo reel, you get it. And I so sell the same message consistently. If I walk in an audition, if I walk in a meeting, that's another level of things. You know, once you get to a certain place in your career, you have meetings, not as much auditions. Right. How do you dress for a meeting when they just want to meet you? How do you dress to meet an agent when you're not going in for a part? Well, believe me, I go in there in my first lady <laughs> look. Good, good point. Well, and, and that, and that, what you just said, though, that consistency—that's what I was talking about. Like when I said, you know, I could be the cantankerous old man now, or something. In other words, I, I, I play sheriffs, and I play doctors, and I play bartenders, and I, I got a lot of different kinds of roles. But I mean, the character, there's a consistency almost in, 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 and, and I'm not saying that I'm even. I'm even there, but but I'm using it as an example that, uh, of what you said. In other words, you're branding yourself. You're trying to make yourself an identity. You're trying to. You said own your own market share, and so defining mm-hmm. who you are. Um, you know, nobody wants to do it. Nobody nobody really wants to think anymore. They just want the fast way and the shortcut way. And I suspect that you know, producers, directors, and casting directors and agents, they all want just as many shortcuts as everyone else. And so, if you provide them. With the right materials and the and as you're suggesting, you know, and be consistent in your marketing and be consistent in in knowing who you are and how you put yourself across. Then then you are. It's almost like stereotyping. You want to be stereotyped in a, in a way that gets you work. Yes. I mean, take the connotative, term, you know, the pejorative sense out of stereotyping. Say so you want to be rec- readily recognizable as as a valued. A unique commodity or as a valued brand so that somebody can immediately hang their hat on it when they say we need a first lady person they go oh, well, I'll go to Kristen Shaw because I know she can deliver right and I, she tells the story in the fastest most effective way that's the other component to that if you look at what um, if you look at what happens in commercials mm-hmm. you know a lot of times we see in commercials a quick snippet of somebody's face but many, many hours and many, many choices have been gone into of why they chose that face. They're going for something very specific. You tell a very specific piece of the story. I remember one of the first commercials I got was a, um, for Nextel, and, uh, and I was sitting at a table with my boss, and I remember the director saying to me after we shot the commercial, or while we were shooting, he said, yeah, you know, it, it came down between you and this other person, and we actually li- really liked both of you, but uh, I really wanted your character to be somebody who would be seen as able to take over her boss's job in a few years. So mm-hmm. we went with you. Now, that had nothing to do with the commercial. It was a piece of the story that I didn't know that I told. It's another good way, actors, when you start working, even if you're working for free, after you get on that set and you book the job, ask the director at an appropriate time, don't, you know, not in the middle of a shot, but you're having lunch or you're having small talk, you know, say, so uh, why'd you end up casting me? 
and see what they say. And those are essence things. I would almost 100% guarantee you those are essence things that I had so many people say to me, well, you weren't it walking in the door. I barely took a second glance at you, but then something happened in there. There's some life happened that you brought to it that then it changed my mind on how I saw this character. And, again, that goes back to my complicated essence that uh-huh. is, you know, I'm sort of dragging around this whole backpack of my own baggage into all of, of my projects, and that sort of works for me. So that's something that I know that I get cast as. It's the same thing. So start to, you know, you start to study yourself. Start to make yourself your own project. It's really fascinating information. You can ask your parents. You can ask your siblings. You can ask friends. You can ask your dentist. It's amazing what people know about you and what they will assume that you know about yourself that sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Well, and be prepared for whatever the answers are because sometimes we, you know, they, they don't perceive us the way we think they should. <laughs> you know, They may perceive us completely different. Um, I, I know just in the in the in the way that people have said, you know, you look just like. There are people who I'm happy that I look like, and then there are other people I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding, right? So, <laughs> but you yeah, know. and that's a mistake I think actors do make sometimes, where they think that their type are other actors that look like them, mm-hmm. and that's just not true. And what I'll tell people, a good way to start to find your type let's say, or actors that are similar to you, is actually look for roles that you could play that are a different uh, race or ethnicity or um, sex than you. For instance, uh, Rupert Everett is very castable in a lot of roles I would be castable in. It's a way I can start to understand where my castability is without it being about I look like that person. Uh-huh. So, uh, I, I, you know, I tell uh, all my black male actors, I'm like, please do not tell me you're a Denzel Washington type. Like, it's just, uh-huh. or Sam Jackson. Like, it's just, it's not going to work. But go pick a white guy. Go pick a white woman. Go pick a, you know, pick a a person that has your essences but does not look like you. Sort like of a that. shortcut. I like that. That's very that's that's very using uh you know a kind of a self analysis approach very creatively. I like that. We have literally about oh three, maybe four minutes left. And um and Chris I'd love to have you back, obviously. Oh, that would be fun. Plenty well, let me give out my website since I don't think I did that even one single time. They can get lots of secrets on my website. It's um, Blueprint and the number four Hollywood, Blueprint4Hollywood.com. I can at least do that. Do yourself a favor and go to Blueprint4Hollywood.com. And, again, the number is in, the, in there. Uh, awesome. So in the last, say, four minutes or so, uh, three or four minutes, what final words – of advice, and, and again, we'll we'll talk more the next time we come up about on camera and and what they can do on camera. But what final words do uh, do you want to share with them before we leave today? I think the most important thing I would tell all actors at at almost any stage of their career is you have to know what you're selling. You have to know who you are and what piece of the story you tell. And that is really the most important starting place. 
if so many new actors come in my class and they say, well, I'm just a good actor, and I'll say, that's great. You're never going to get a job. You're never going to get hired. You're never going to get cast because nobody casts a good actor. They cast the character. If you don't know what you have to offer, you don't offer anything. You know, I'm, I'm uh, the, uh, priceless, priceless advice. I, I, you know, I with the I hesitate to sound like uh, anyone else, I guess. But you know, one of the things that I loved about American Idol was Simon Cowell. And and I know some people hate him and some people like it, but I I went, geez, you know, I know this is a show, I know this is ratings and all this stuff, but but when I was an actor in Hollywood, there would be times when people would say the same kinds of things to actors that Simon might say, he's like, you have no career, go do something else or whatever. At the same time, I always felt, you know, this is what we kind of need, and and some people will use it to say, you know, I don't care what the guy said, I'm going to go ahead and and pursue it, and and maybe they're right, maybe they're not right, but. But, you know, you need to hear from the experts who are out there every day, like Kristen, who, who see actors come through and who work with actors, you, you, you know, to gain the advice from somebody who's, who's in the trenches and who knows what is being sold and marketed is, is absolutely critical. I, you know, and I think that to be able to stand up in front of somebody like Simon Cowell on a TV show, you know, blah, 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 and have somebody tell you what you may or may not need is, is just an absolutely uh, valuable valuable experience to have. Uh, I want to say this, though, Kristen, because I, I, it's important. Um, one of the comments, uh, I have to say, says, love this girl, please tell her. Aww. And, uh, and they're all great. They're, thanks, Kristen's great. I'll be back for more. She's fun. She's smart. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the great info. Um, There's just so much more. Somebody said, I have to figure out what character I am and what I have to offer in life. Uh, more work. So, um but, uh, no, a very, very good comments in the chat room, uh, as always, and uh, sure appreciate it. We have uh, about a, maybe less than a minute left. But, uh, Kristen, you have, have provided them with a wealth of information and knowledge in, in this interview as in Part 1. I, I encourage all of the uh, live listeners and archive listeners to be sure to hear both parts of the interview and to check out uh, blueprintforhollywood.com. And, uh, and thank you so much. We'll have oh, and we'll have you back. We'll have to arrange that and let them know uh, when that will be. It'll be a to, to be announced. But uh, you can tell all your friends uh, when Kristen's going to be back, and you can post it on your Facebook walls. And if you like the interview, as you as you say you have in the chat room, please go ahead and post that on your Facebook wall, your MySpace wall. Go twit about it, uh, you know, and 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 let the world know. I, I sure appreciate it, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. And people should be taking advantage. You're offering such great information from all aspects of the business, and, and that's a great place for people to start as well. And it's free. And, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, and I think sometimes we should talk, come back and talk, too, about what uh, directors work expect from the actors. In other words, how you best, as an actor, work, you know, and, and how a director would best work with an actor knowing what you know. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you. Have a fabulous week. We'll be talking to Kristen again real soon. Bye now. Bye. Again, thanks so much to Kristen Shaw. And, and again, check out her website at blueprintforhollywood.com. And, uh, and most importantly, make your dreams come true.
true. You know, take the information that you're hearing from my guests like Kristen and all the others. Michael Hoffman was on today talking about editing and what you can do to, to shoot smarter. Uh, if you know, if you're a director or a cinematographer or an editor, you know what you can do. Take the information that's being offered by these ex- experts and apply it so that it becomes practical information, becomes one part of your working style to. Uh, so that you can get your projects and your career on track the way you want to and make your dreams come true. That's the most important thing. Um, Stay tuned. We've got more guests coming up and lots of uh, uh, critical and important information for you. Thanks for listening. Uh, You are great. Uh, All the people in the chat room, thank you so much for being there. Uh, Until we meet the next time, everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies and complete your projects. And that is a wrap.